37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. We're back to the classics again this week as we review 2003's classic number 43, Brother Bear. Anyone want to trade? I'm Chris Fletcher. No, you shut up. I'm Lucy Rain. Quit telling anyone I'm dead! Hello children, I'm Hugh Rain. <laughs> Have we all been looking forward to this one? Is this the one that we've been itching to get to since the get very past. first episode? I've been desperate to get past this one, yes. I, all the time we were doing Snow White, Pinocchio, Fantasia, I'm thinking I wish we could get through this rubbish so we could talk about Brother Bear. I'm going to yeah. have some Skittles from this um, gumball machine just to Ooh. get me through this. Even though I'm not really eating sugar at the moment, I think I need a... Can a, I as well for the same of, reason? Well, one drop's on the floor if you want that. This seems mm. massively unfair right now. <laughs> oh no everywhere oh I've just got like green and yellow ones oh well in that case that's what you deserve you know for, for eating skittles? skittles when I'm not here in uh, the post ice age Alaska they didn't have skittles there did they right <laughs> was that your attempt to segue yeah <laughs> I like to keep things on subject yeah mm. <laughs> cool so what we're up have we all seen it before no I'd never seen, seen it before I've seen it once before this was oh, my first introduction to it. Uh, the, the only thing I previously knew about this film was that I'd seen an awful trailer for it back in the day where they were basically saying you really ought to come and see this film because we're in it and it's the, the mooses is talking. Mice. Mice? Mooses. Moose. <laughs> I've seen it once before. At the same time as Hugh, I think. We made an effort to seek it out with Bonnie because we'd mm-hmm. never seen it. I remember being less whelmed I was underwhelmed last time and I watched it this time and thought it's not as rubbish as I remember it (laughs) if you'd have said that to me uh, before I'd seen this film I would have been even less excited to watch it than I was (laughs) were you excited to watch it Chris? no no I I wasn't at all it's it's been one that we've known that we needed to watch for a while Uh, in fact we, we talked about doing this last week and I just could not bring myself to watch this film. So we did the first Aww. episode of the quiz instead, didn't we? <laughs> I, I just, I've never had any desire to watch it. Trying to get the kids to watch it has been interesting. Not bothered. Just not bothered. Hugh is currently eating Skittles in his jumper, i.e. with his mouth in his jumper to try and stop the sound going onto the microphone. Yeah, they crunch and dribble more than we thought they did when we decided <laughs> to eat Skittles. Yeah. Um, we used to eat all the time he's got special snacks in don't you find Mm. promoting a lot of saliva though there's something about Skittles listen let's come on I know we might have much to say about Brother Bear but anything's better than saliva (laughs) okay right I've got a bit of history would you like a bit of history do it okay it's time to dig a little deeper to learn some Disney stuff. Dig a little deeper, no, we ain't dug this far enough. Dig down deep into the facts, we'll find out what we need. Lucy will school us, guaranteed. Open up the windows, let in the light, children. So this is released in 2003, the same year as Finding Nemo. They both mm. got nominated for Best Animated Feature and Finding Nemo won. Um, <laughs> David and Goliath. Was that a spoiler alert right there? Um, Mind you, David won, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, it was the last film animated entirely at the at the Florida unit in mm-hmm. Disney MGM. I'm wearing a pair of Mickey ears because we thought we were going to video this show. I'm going to take them off because they're nipping my temples somewhat. Um, it starred Joaquin Phoenix as Kanai. I'll be honest, I didn't know that until I did my research. I've uh-huh. seen it twice, didn't recognise his voice. And uh, Chris, 
you uh oh yeah you i know Luke, you and lucas got one of these as well yes i'm not Kenai. surprised Kenai. Kenai. is it like quinoa yeah fair enough <laughs> i just remembered it like i thought because I, I i genuinely thought it was like uh like a sort of a like an Indian name, like yeah. Chief Sitting Bull. I thought it was like he had a keen eye. And then when I looked up the cast, it's just, yeah. it's not that, it's just his name. Not Kenny then, it's not Kenny. Not Kenny, like you said on, well, the listeners will hear you say that in a minute, because I kept yes. sitting. And yes. he was cast after um, his performance in the Oscar-winning film Gladiator. They were hoping to cash in on a little of that <laughs> popularity. Yes, I mean, he did do a very good performance in Gladiator. I... I also think, doesn't he have Native American heritage? Don't know. That might have been part of it. Um, we cast child actor Jeremy Suarez as Coda, and he was the kid, um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son in Jerry mm. Maguire. Do you remember that? that Show kid? me the money! Yeah, I do remember that kid. Yeah, no, 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 that, that was, um, I know. That was Tom I was Cruise. Just... It wasn't Tom yeah. Cruise. No, I, no I, I know who it was. Yeah, sorry, yes, I know who it was. It's just whenever anyone <laughs> mentions Jerry Maguire, that's what I think of. That of and the fact that um, when he turns up at the, at the girl's house, Renee Zellweger's house, um, and uh, her sister says, uh, says, use the frosted glasses and gives her two frosted glasses and they go and sit down in the living room and her glasses aren't frosted anymore. That's something that's stuck with me about that film forever. Um. He was born in Puerto Rico. Aha. Whacking Phoenix, sorry. There you are. Oh, okay. <laughs> just to go I'll, back, I was just been, I've been looking it up. I'll take it back, I'll take it back. Um, right, uh, I, I just want to take a little moment to talk about this guy. Jason Rays plays Denahi, the um, brother mm-hmm. who doesn't die. Sorry, that was a quote from the Christmas <laughs> Who did not die. Who did not die. <laughs> oh, isn't that swell? <laughs> um, That's this last film is his movie, only... isn't it? <laughs> Feature film doing this voice. Uh, he was actually probably best known as uh, playing uh, the older Simba in the stage version of The Lion King. Oh, okay. Um, he was a big musical theatre star. He um, put on a concert for uh, some Kosovo refugees, and as a result, he was made an ambassador of the United Nations, and he spent a lot of time doing charity work through musical theatre, mm-hmm. uh, through Broadway, did some fabulous things. He released an album with Kelly Clarkson, so he must be well-known stateside. But I, this is really grim, and Hugh's going to roll his eyes at me. But he um, he, he uh, died of suicide through suffering depression at the age of 28. And I, I read his... Um, I always read people's Wikipedia pages to think, mm. are they worth talking about? And in this instance, I really enjoyed reading about his career... And I just wanted, and I was really glad I'd read it because I didn't know him. And I think it was such a sad end and it's an end that nobody likes to talk about. But I just, I wanted him to be appreciated because he had done a massive amount of good in his life. Yeah. And then it, it's just such a sad end. And that was within six months of the release of, of this film. Hmm. Please don't make jokes about the critics responses to this film i don't think that had anything to do with it um so yeah i just want to take a moment to talk about him so jason rays if anyone wants to look him up you know a life well lived yeah mm. um rick moranis mm. he was a moose eh? hey oh, man. he was in it <laughs> did they overuse a eh? i know did, have, have you I ever know. seen anyone impersonate somebody canadian in a comical way and not overuse it True. Isn't but, well, I'm surprised they didn't say a he boot. He is Canadian, but he, yeah, they they didn't put a boot in there though. Yeah, there it's, wasn't a boot at all. They had, yeah. they had a real opportunity and they missed Just it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, following the success of Lion King, Eisner wanted to do more um, animal-centric stuff. But he decided he wanted to do it in North America. You see, it's Eisner, isn't it? He sees a pretty penny and he's all over it like a rash. He mm. wanted to do it centred in North America. So the natural creature to use as king of the forest and um, native to North America was the bear. So that's mm. kind of how this film started. We want a bear, we want nature. Make a film about it. So, excuse me, I'm going to hiccup. Um, the original story was based on King Lear with an old bear taking three daughter bears into the woods. Okay. I'm not sure how that would have worked, but that was the original thing. 
Um, and then there was another uh, treatment that was um, produced. It was a bit more like Brave. It was a father and son, and one yeah. of them turned into a bear, but they did turn back at the end. Um, then the final... Well, not the entire final treatment, but the treatment that we would recognise today was made and presented to Thomas Schumacher, who was the um, head of Disney Feature Animation at the time. And he said, this will go down as his career-defining moment, this is the idea of the century. Well done, (laughs) Thomas Schumacher. You earned your executive salary that year, didn't you? Wow. Um, The narrator adds, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they recruited Tab Murphy who did the um, script who worked on the script for Hunchback of Notre Dame Tarzan and Atlantis he was brought on to do the script and veteran animators Aaron, I'm never sure if this name is Aaron or Aaron because it's spelt the same Mm -hmm. but whatever so Aaron Blaze and Robert Walker um, were brought on as the directors both of whom were based in Florida, which has been a satellite um, animation studio, and both of them were animators and never directed before, and neither of them would direct again. <laughs> um, You're setting this was, up to be a brilliant film. Well, I've just given some background. I, I always think this bit of history I do, <clears throat> it kind of tells the tale going forward. You can always find your clues. It's like a Marvel film. Um, it was set in post-Ice Age Alaska. We had to look this up because Hugh said, oh, it must be the Ice Age, there's woolly mammoths. Well, yeah, like, yeah, and we were watching it, and um, all of a sudden I heard a... <laughs> and I thought, what, what was that? Why is there an elephant? And I glanced up from my notes, and uh, there was a woolly mammoth. And un- un- until then, I just thought it was, I don't know. Pocahontas era. Yeah. Mm. Um, is there anything else that gives that away? Well, no, you see, I saw... Probably is, maybe the costumes and I everything. I saw but... the um, mammoths and thought, oh, it must be in the Ice Age then. But what was getting me was they were far enough north for the northern lights, but there was yeah. grass. And in an Ice Age, it would have been um, ice till m- the middle of Ohio, wouldn't it? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, what's going on? Anyway... We got our answers. It's set in post Ice Age Alaska. Maybe it was this. Oh right, yeah. Maybe it was thawing out. Yeah, must have been. So, um, <laughs> as they often do, they they sent their animators off to do concept art, and they went to what I have decided is the coolest sounding place ever, and has now put got on my travel bucket list: the Valley of Ten Thousand Smokes. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go? The Valley of Ten Thousand Smokes. Sounds like a stoner's paradise, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like a, an Amsterdam bar, doesn't it? <laughs> the Valley of Ten Thousand Smokes. Well, and Kodiak Island, and then various um, national parks in North America. They also, the animators were sent to do life drawing with baby bear cubs and nature paintings. Uh, na- nature painting sessions three times a week at Fort Wilderness in Florida mm-hmm. and this is notice- notable because that's where we're going to stay when we definitely go in May and the pandemic doesn't screw <laughs> us so that's exciting Excellent. we get to stay in Brother Bear County narrator wow. they didn't go <laughs> in May they didn't even go this year oh don't say that <laughs> The original script had um, Kenai being adopted by an older bear and the the journey was taken by an older bear and him mm-hmm. learning about life. But then they decided it needed to be a little... It lacked charm and it needed to be a little more appealing. So, um, oh, so it lacked charm before. And the, the lessons needed to be harder learned. What must it have been like before? Talk. Um, desolate. So originally the older bear was voiced by Michael Clark Douglas. They enjoyed his um, vocal work so much that they in- created the character of Tug, who is like the the lead guy. The, one, the, bear, the, the bear that looks like him. That looks yeah, like Michael Clark in Duncan. In the salmon run. Um, so they, they created that character especially for him. Phil Collins, after the success of Tarzan... Phil Collins was brought on to compose songs and co-write the score. And he is said to be disappointed when he found out that he wouldn't also be singing. <laughs> 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 he said... 
funny. I can oh, just imagine his little. What? what, what why? Why am I not singing? Well, well no, you, you are, see, Phil, we've got here. Tina Turner face. instead. Yeah. Um, he he's quoted as saying, "When I compose songs, I compose them for my voice." And it became very difficult to imagine when I heard that I wouldn't be singing them. And so a compromise was met. And he shared the vocals with Tina Turner. It's like they sit around <laughs> going, "Who's irrelevant?" In the year two thousand and four. Yeah, I mean, like we, we've said this before, and I don't, I don't mean to like. I think it's unfair just to go, you know, they're not at the like peak of popularity, so like they shouldn't be using them. But then, it's been like ten years of this now. It's mm. Sting. It's Donny Osmond. It's Phil Collins. You're stealing hey, my thunder for when we talk about music here. <laughs> yeah, but like he's still like a. He doesn't leap out at you. It's not like like then. Who would have been big in the early um, noughties? Right, well, let, hang on a second, because you're stealing my thunder here. But I'm gonna, uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you right now. Just give me two seconds, because I've written this down. Okay. <clears throat> Thing is, with Tina Turner, is I'm not taking her legacy away from her. She's absolute pop hall of fame, isn't she? Mm-hmm. It's just like it's 2004. It's like getting Cliff Richard to do it. <laughs> it's not quite like getting Cliff Richard to do it. Well, so, so I've written this down. I'm going to read this verbatim, and I know this should go into the music section, but I think. As we are literally discussing this at the moment, it's relevant. What I wrote was this. What astounds me is how relevant Phil Collins, and in particular Tina Turner, are in terms of music of the time. Whilst Beyonce was crazy in love, and we could find Fiddy in the club, Black Eyed Peas were asking where is the love, and Busted were longing for the year 3000. Tina slots in perfectly with the music of the time. Other music of the year includes Sound of the Underground by Girls Aloud, or the remix to Ignition. I think you'll agree this soundtrack is fresh out the kitchen. That's what I wrote. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I won't yeah. repeat it when we get to music later. Um, <laughs> it also included the Blind Boys of Alabama and the Bulgarian Women's Choir. Now, why Bulgarian? Why the Bulgarian Women's Choir? I know that... They were there. They were available. They probably... They were like... Is it on those? Sounds Inuit, won't it? That'll sound um, Eskimo-like. That's all right, Bulgaria. It's nowhere near it. It's such a strange choice. And some songs were translated into Eskimo-Inuit language. Wow. It was originally supposed to be released in the spring of 2004, and Home on the Range was supposed to be released in the fall, in the autumn. Sorry, I got this from American websites. In the autumn of 2003. But they switched it so they could promote this film um, on the DVD platinum release of The Lion King. They really felt like they were making the new Lion King, I think. <laughs> it's amazing what you can convince More yourself of, isn't it? Laughter. <laughs> Narrator adds, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. That's all I wrote. So I'm just going to use the side of the kitchen to eat this final skittle. Okay. Okay. You guys talk. Well, we're going to talk about the story now, aren't we? Well, we'll let the kids do it first, shall we? Yeah. What better, While she's what eating a skittle. To, what better way to learn about it? Yeah. We've just watched Brother Bear. So, Brother Bear is about a bear, I mean a man, that gets turned into a bear... And he gets a friend who's a little bear who lost his mum. The cubby's a bit like me because he never stops talking and the other bear says, do you ever stop talking? And that's a bit like me, I'm always talking. And they, like, go through a walk all the way to, like, where the real bear lives. When he first turns into a bear, he wriggles his tail and... And the music goes like, it's weird because the screen changes its shape and size when it turns into a bear. So it starts off as a small square, but then when the bear opens his eyes, it starts to get into more of a rectangle. And his brother, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know his name. 
was hunting for him, but then at the end he realised that he was there was actually his brother when he turned back into a human and he turned back into a bear. And he also gets his handprint on the wall, which he really wanted. And first we were like brothers. The end. Well, there's two goats and they're shouting to the bear who actually goes away and they were like, you shut up, but then the echo would come out, you shut up, and then they would start, no you, no you. And they would just keep on doing that, and it was just funny. And at the end, they were still saying it. My favourite bit was, at the end, when he turned back into a bear for the second time, to the start of the subtitles. Okay. (laughs) Do you mean the titles? No, titles. You mean the credits? Yeah. Not the subtitles? Yeah. The credits? Yeah. Okay. My favourite bit is when the little bear is sleeping on the other bear's face. My favourite character was the man who turned into a bear. Can I? 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 My favourite character is the little bear. The little bear's name is Coda. I didn't really like any of the songs. My... Favourite song? Well, there's not much songs, but I don't really have a favourite song. I would give it four out of five. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, Nope. I would give it a three out of five. So it's time to discuss how the story goes. I know it can be worse than Oliver and Coke. Now, Chris. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, at what point did you think the picture size would increase and the border would disappear after the intro, but then start to wonder if the aspect ratio ha- had been altered permanently? Just <laughs> like you're watching it and you're like, oh, there's a border around it. That must be because it's the intro. And then it gets to a point where you think, this has been too long. Do I start to fiddle with the settings on Disney Plus? <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't notice it, that at all. <laughs> you didn't? No. Right. Um, it's can interesting. I, Go on. Can I be honest? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm you not saying it. that this film bored me, mm-hmm. but by the time I'd watched two minutes of it, I'd checked out. Yeah. So, so. Probably I should have been focusing on things like that, but I wasn't really focusing on much at all. I was trying to, but I, I was just desperately watching and willing the story to bring me back in again and not looking at aspect ratios. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, just, it's, it's an interesting device. I don't know if this maybe should come under animation, but just framing it differently, because it's like he has his eyes opened when he becomes a bear. It doesn't really... I mean, is that is that a thing? Does that... I've never seen so, uh, that we, used in we, this do way we need before. To, do we need to see... Does that... Uh, just What's it signifying? I don't know. And, is and he seeing a wider world because he's a bear? I, I know think, oh, what you mean now. That's an interesting idea, but is he though? So <laughs> I, I, know, I did notice a change, um, now, now that you mention it, but it wasn't necessarily about the aspect ratio that I noticed. I more noticed that... Uh, again, this is animation, isn't it? But the change in colour was something that... The, everything became more vibrant. That's oh, what yeah, I noticed there. But I didn't even pick up on that. Is it not just Wizard of Oz? Is it not just mm. that? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that as well. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> is that it for story then? <laughs> one, if we really quickly run over the story, there's three brothers. Um, one of them's a tearaway youth. The older one's wise. The middle one's just middling. And um, I didn't even realise there were three brothers. Honestly, I just thought there was an older brother and a younger brother and that was it. The younger brother right. fails to tie up the fish properly and a bear takes it. So he goes off to get the oh, yeah, fish the... back from the bear. Right. And um, there ends up to be a tussle with the bear and the older brother does not get killed by the bear. The Who old... does not die? The older brother <laughs> was not almost sacrificed himself to save the other two because yes. he, he chops the edge off the cliff. However, Because yes. there was no head... other way for him to get out of that situation than to knock half of the ice cliff off and take the bear with him. It was bonkers. Um, so, the, <laughs> he swears revenge on the bear. He goes looking for the bear. He kills the bear. 
And at that moment, the spirit of his brother comes down and turns him into a bear. Oh, is that what happens? I just thought it went um, a little bit nuts and crazy for a few minutes. The the middle brother then comes up, grief-stricken, he's lost two brothers, and sees the brother's clothes on the floor and sees the body of the bear and presumes... Mm -hmm. Sees the bear, not the body of the bear, the bear that is now him and Mm -hmm. presumes that he's killed his brother. Yeah, because the other bear's gone. And he's running away from his brother. And he goes to Salmon... Goes to Salmon Run. He finds another little bear. The kids have done all this. Yeah. Have they done it? Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm just ready. I mean, we'd have to go through the story again. <laughs> We've just done it. Okay. I I want to, I wanted to make sure the story was kind of there before I ask you. And this is a serious question and I don't want sarcastic answers. Okay. Can't, why, can't promise that. Why isn't this a classic? Um, I mean, I know it's a classic... But Pocahontas was massive and is still considered a classic. Lion King was massive and it's still considered a classic. And on the face of it, the building blocks are there, but it misses. I had a theory about some of this, but it comes under animation. Right. I'll answer answer you then. Well, I I have an answer as well. Yeah, with the story, I think there. Well, story characters. So here's the thing for me: I was so bored by it, I didn't get the fact that. Coda's mother was the bear that got killed. Now, honestly, I, when you realise that, it's so obvious and, and it should have first. been clear. Yeah. And, is, and is, is that so, kind of kept, that's kept from you a bit, though, isn't it? Like you do, you, you, it you it is. It is. It's a, it's a twist, but it's a fairly yeah. obvious twist, really. But yeah. so when that happened, I was like, oh, man, that's really bad. And then he he gets the guts. Um, Kenai gets the guts, guts to go and tell him what's happened and everything. And that last 20 minutes of the film, I was in, totally invested in. Mm. And at the end of it, I came away thinking, I hated that film, but I've come away from it with a warm feeling, thinking what a, what a great film this is. Just like when I saw Vanilla Sky, just like when I saw The Beach, exactly the same thing. Not a good film fundamentally, and then this happens. If you look back on it, reflect it on it afterwards, or for me, this is where it fails, is that... It's a great idea. It's a it's a good story. It's very badly told. I think that yes. is the problem for me. This is my point because when I was watching it, going because I've seen it before, so I know the ending and all that kind of thing. And I'm thinking I should like this a lot more than I do. This should be Hall of Fame stuff. There's some good stuff here. I have issues with certain art and animation things that we'll get onto in a second as well. But I just. I just don't think they paced it right. I don't think the way they introduced characters were. You never felt close enough to Kenai. You really wanted. He's he's your character. He's your guy. You've really got to care about his journey. Yeah. And at the beginning, he was very un unnoticeable looking human the, character. It they push any... so much for him though as well. In in the opening, they push so much about this aggression in him, and mm. and so so when they go, oh, your totems love. And and so they immediately have to show that he's aggressive, not just because he goes after the bear with the spear, but right right before that, when when uh, when his brother has a go at him for for losing the fish, he raises a fist to him straight away. Raises a fist to him as if, "Don't you criticize me? I'm going to punch you." Mm. And a few minutes before that, he's, he's picked up a brick that he's going to throw at one of them as well. And so a brick, well, a stone, a stone, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a red brick, you know, from like council estate brick. And so, so the, the, it felt like they really needed to push this whole thing about him being aggressive in the opening bit, so that the whole idea of love being a, a big theme in it wasn't was uh, more eye opening when it all kind of changed mm-hmm. in the future. So, yeah, it's not just the way he looks; he just he's not a very likable character right from the off. He's not likable. He's also, I found as I watched the journey with the bear, he's really not nice to Coda, and I know they needed to do this. Um, he's irritated by him at first and then mm-hmm. he comes around and they get a brotherly love. But where's that brotherly love? At what point does that come? They're proper yeah. ragging on each other all the way and Coda's meant to be like referring to him as my new big brother and there's nothing there. I just don't think that they've developed it right. No. Can I just say, you know, this thing with the uh, the screen changing size? <laughs> yeah. Just go back to it. Yeah, yeah go on. <laughs> as a family, that was like a big event. Like we all we all looked up and took note of it, and that like if that was the most interesting thing that happened up to that point, that you know that <laughs> that says you know quite a lot, doesn't it? It does speak volumes uh, for the film. Well, was... in our house, um, we didn't take note. Lucas 
asked in the first half hour how long is left on about five <laughs> or six occasions. Ollie fell asleep. Laura fell asleep. Mm. Um, and they were both snoring. It was like being in a, a bear cave, a bear cave. A bear watching bear. it. Yeah. So, so totally not engaged at all in our house. Really not. not Which even is funny when you think what Lucas gave. <laughs> not anyway. Rick Moranis can save it. No. You know, uh, Rick Moranis... Um, uh, a lot of people say that he retired, but he didn't. He took a hiatus in '97 because it was all a bit much for him with a, with a family. Um, His wife died, didn't he? And he became a single parent. Mm-hmm. I think he had three kids. But um, then uh, he realised he didn't really miss the acting after a while, so he decided he wasn't going to retire, but he would just be more, more selective. And uh, this was one of the select selections. <laughs> <laughs> did you see his Ryan Reynolds advert last year? Yeah, that he did. Mm-hmm. And, and then he got be beat up, didn't Ghostbusters, he? isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, I bet that won't save that either. And <laughs> just one more thing on the story. I think that we stayed with the human versions of them too long, and there was a. F- I don't well, know. They needed all that story, but we weren't feeling affectionate to them. And I think what was going to sell it to the kids was the bears and the an- antics, because Bonnie was really engaged by Coda. When he came along, she loved him, but it took so long to get to that. Oh, the, w- the way they transformed him as well, it was just, it was completely unexpected. Like, there was no in- indication that people get turned into animals. That, none of that was there. There was just this spirit, and this is your totem, and it looks like a bear, and his looks like an eagle, and then all this crazy stuff happens and suddenly it's, it's changed and it just it didn't feel like mm. it was explained well enough. Like, if a, you've got a really... Lucas turned around and said, well, what's just happened? I was like, I, mm. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't really explain it. And there's a bit at the end where he goes up to the mountain and the spirit changes him back. But then he's like, oh, actually, no, can you change me back? And it, yeah. um, he, it's just... It's a given amongst all of them that, oh, yeah... Um, I can call the shots. Can you change me back, please? And they're all sort of laughing about it. And, you know, he's like, well, he looks better as a, a bear anyway. And, you know, the the spirit should be like, well, hang on a minute. I haven't said I can't turn you back. You know, and, and, it should just be like a one-way thing. Well, and had he learned his lesson at that point? That's that's something I'm not quite sure about. Was there a lesson to learn here? And and at that point, had he, had he learned it? And why would Coda just be like, yeah, you, you killed my mum. And... Uh, and it was just entirely out of revenge and for no other reason. And no, that's absolutely fine, yeah. Come on, be my surrogate father. That'd be fantastic. Thank you. It was all a bit sudden, wasn't it? Yeah, just... It the... resolved a bit too conveniently. Hmm. Hmm. Should we score it? Oh, yeah, we do that now, don't we? We do do that now. Yeah. I'll kick it off. Um, it's all right. Seven. Wow, that's a lot higher than I thought you were going to get. Well, yeah, it's easy to slag off, but uh, here's the thing, though. Um, I was going to ask you this, Chris, because you said you'd never seen it before. The question is, would you watch it again? God, no. I I will never watch this again. The only reason I'd watch it is if Bonnie really wanted to watch it, so it was just on. Other than that, I would never choose to watch it again. Um, I I hold myself to this. Why have I given it a seven? Yeah, why have you given it a seven? I've given it a six. just to say on, on that point, uh, I so much wouldn't watch this again that I would genuinely watch Oliver and Company again over this film. I would, really? I would, no, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd watch this again quite happily. No, I would, uh, but again, I'm going to discuss why in animation because most of my problem with it is in, in animation. Okay. So what would you score it? Um, a five. Okay. I don't really want to say I, much more about it. It's middle of the road. Yeah. I think the bones are there, the ingredients are there, and it's just not been well executed and there's not enough sympathy and, ironically, humanity in it to to really... Sell. They're going for such a human idea and it, it just didn't come off. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I'll give it a five as well. But I will say, I would watch this again. I would watch this again. Uh, I probably wouldn't rush to, but I think it'd be nice to have on one afternoon while you, you know, did some knitting. Just to go back to Vanilla Sky, I watched Vanilla Sky and I thought it was an absolutely terrible film, but the whole realisation piece at the end, when when he wakes up from this dream, spoilers, and, and it goes through everything that's happened and shows you how it all links together, was clever enough that I thought, 
I know, I'll watch this film again. I'll watch it again. I'm going to give it another go. Mm. And I watched it again and felt exactly the same about it. So I've learned my lesson. I'm not going back and watching a film that just because for 10 minutes of it, it makes me go, oh, wow. Because the prequel, the, the blooming Star Wars prequels did that. I look back on the Star Wars prequels and feel exactly the same. The idea and the concept of the story is fantastic. It was so poorly executed. I have no desire mm. to go back and watch them. We plan, running up to The Last Jedi being released, we're getting off topic slightly now, I'll make it quick. <laughs> we plan to watch all nine, well, eight in order, and then watch the ninth one at the cinema. And we put on Phantom Menace, and I got 20 minutes into it and was like, Do you know what, I, I can't be bothered. Yeah, I just can't be bothered going through these. And I was so excited to do it. It was going to be a thing we did together, and it just, yeah. no, I just didn't want to. Look at the animation you, the characterization you, and don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. Right. Let's go on. Animation. animation You've got right. something to say about well, this. It's not a major thing, but I think... Um, what what's the question? Oh, you said like why why isn't it like a classic? Hmm. I think it's just it's just that environment of the you know the great North American outdoors. It doesn't f- it doesn't feel like uh, any sort of creative inputs been put into it because that already exists. So all they've done is represent it. So there's no sort of creative like uh, ingenuity. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's some woods and some mountains and a, and a glacier. So I'm not engaged. I'm not thinking, oh, that's interesting what they've done there. So I think it might just be a case of it's kind of so familiar that it's just kind of dull. But then I was thinking, but like, you know, Bambi's uh, set in, you know, the, the, in nature and, and Snow White, a lot of that's in the woods. But then all that's kind of cartoony and creative. This is just a really straightforward mm. representation and it's, it's, just, uh, it's just dull. It's interesting you say that because I was reading earlier that, um, and I don't have names here, so I can't give you names, but uh, it's the, the the look and feel and particular background and stuff are based on a specific artist. And Bob this Ross. artist, no, not Bob Ross. <laughs> and this artist was is uh, was was a big um, favourite of Eisner's and Eisner lent paintings <laughs> to the animation department so that they could draw it in this style so it sounds like it's the Eisner effect uh, is what's caused this blandness I was trying to I was doing exactly the same with the art as I was doing with the story I'm going why isn't this grabbing me because it should and this scenery is my ideal scenery I'm not a beaches person but the thought of Mm. going trekking up in the you know the Yosemite and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Love it. So I'm watching thinking, why don't I like it? You're right, it wasn't stylized. Um, we were at a point in history when um, computer animation became quite sanitized. Yeah. Uh, they hadn't quite got the textures and the depths. They couldn't be as artistic with it as they could with the 2D. Mm. So you think of like Lilo and Stitch making the decision to do um, watercolors, backgrounds. It wasn't that. They'd been sent three times a week to Wilderness Lodge to do minute drawings of what the trees look like. And there's something lost when you do that because you, you're not getting the impression of somewhere. You're getting the actual place. And it, it's counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but you get less of a feel of it the more that you give. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Do you know when I switched off? It was right at the start when that herd ran over the horizon that computer generated herd and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, we've seen that. Mm. And it's better. exactly the same. The horizon and, and like, you know, someone starts yeah. running and you go, oh, I know what's coming. A computer generated herd. And immediately I was like, oh, is this just going to be a film full of stuff I've, I've already seen but but better? And it, also, it's funny, isn't right? it? Go Sorry, go on, Lucy. You go, you go. Am I right in thinking that's how they introduced... Uh, Kenai as well because when I was Mm. thinking to myself with no affection for this character how they should have introduced him better what you said Chris about the aggression I'm thinking how they've introduced other really important characters that you meant to feel for emotionally they often introduce them with close-ups and Mm -hmm. to have your main character just sort of run into shot in a panic from a distance and they didn't really focus on him because the animators are too excited about the photorealistic wildebeests that they've got no what have they got wildebeest is Lion King you know what I'm on about that herd something's lost something's lost <laughs> I don't know they're just deer I don't know things um, 
Go on, Chris. You had something to say. I interrupted. No, you. I was just going to say that that the. The animation is kind of is what it is, you know. We've we've got you, we've got this kind of style now, and and that's fine. But for me, it just I think I'm just echoing what you've already said. But it just all everything about it just felt bland. It was like, mm. yeah, fair enough, it's accomplished. But where's the thing to make it stand out? Because the only real things that that made me go ooh at any point was when all the color came in. So when <laughs> when the the um, Aspect ratio changed, which I didn't notice. But when the colour all came in, that that bit, I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. And then the only other thing I can even think about that that I quite liked was I quite liked the snow scenes when they were walking through the snow, and I quite liked when he cleared away the snow. The the spirit of whatever he's called, the older brother, cleared away the snow, and there was some like almost watercolory flowers underneath it. And mm. that is it. That is literally all I can say positive about it. Just um, wasn't bothered. I mean, I thought the animation in general, it was nice, mm. but, like, the characters... Well, they're not very characterful, are they? Except for um, Tanana. She Tanana. Was, Tanana. She, she was the she most characterful. And everyone else was just sort of... Oh, do you know what? Just a bit dull to look at, weren't they? I'm feeling mm. like I've moaned about this in another classic, and I can't think which one. They've gone for anatomically correct bears in Kenai and Coda, mm. and then you get to the salmon run... And one of them's got a blonde bob, and the other ones have got like thick Russian eyebrows. Was it Tarzan? Got... <laughs> Was it? I don't. Can't I don't remember. know because there's some. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, I think it's quite realistic all the way through Tarzan. But they just they'd broken. They'd gone into like Hanna Barbera style um, animals. From something that was correct to just something ridiculous. Well, actually, it's in, it's interesting you say that because to be fair, thinking about it, the way that that Kenai and Coda were animated was still very much cartoony. If you think about what the mother was animated like before mm. the aspect ratio and the colour changes, that was a proper bear. There was nothing mm. cartoony about it at all. So that whole perception change was obviously done with that as well. But what what's interesting <coughs> excuse me, what's interesting to me about that is that they were that they'd thought enough to think, well, Look, when he's a bear, he sees bears differently. Uh, he understands what ani- what all animals, apparently, even birds flying through the sky, say. He understands everything that everyone says. Um, but they didn't think the bears see humans differently. So all the human characters still looked exactly the same. Whereas you'd think that the whole idea of that bear looking scary and the whole idea of then of the bears saying how scary the humans were, they would have done something to make them come across as more mm. more evil in yeah. their appearances. So they, they could have been there. cleverer with it. They could definitely have been more clever with it, yeah. Uh, I wish that had been my quote now, though. Don't you make me turn this formation around! <laughs> I'll tell you what's nice. Do you know that um, crack in the ice that he shuffles through? Mm. And they do it a couple of times, and his brother follows through as well a bit later. That was nice. It was subtle CG, and it still looked like it was painted, but it was like completely 3D. Mm. The swirls in the ice. That was nice. And there was some, other, there was some nice ice in general. Yeah, I liked it when the brother was walking on the ice above them and they were looking at his imprint. And Here's the thing, though. If you compare the transformation of um, Kenai back into a human at the end, if you think about the transformation in Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> you know, and th- th- they were studying classical paintings to get, you know, the, the, the movement of the hands and everything, and he just kind of floated down with some golden ribbons around him. And a bob. When he changed back into the bear again... They made a little bit more of an effort to morph it, but still, it was like compared to Beauty and the Beast, it was lame. But it didn't mm. feel magical. It didn't. Well, the first time when he was transformed into the bear, the first time either, it didn't feel magical to me. It felt laboured. It felt like we've somehow got to make this person into a bear now. How are we going to do it? And they just kind of go lift him in the air like we did like, like last time. Spin uh, him around a bit. Or like, they do it in Atlantis as well at one point, something similar where they, I can't remember now. Uh, lift him up in the air, blah, 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 chuck him back down again, done. It's Brilliant. Kida, yeah. Kida floats up and loads of light comes That's out right. and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it, it was just, it it wasn't pushed. It wasn't pushed. No one sat down and went, right, we, we've got an opportunity here. Now, we're at the Eisner, we're at the very apex of the Eisner area era when he decided he wanted one animated feature coming out a year 
he had two studios running the Florida one with less less super- supervision than the California one mm. um he had two animated things coming out less than six months apart and he flipped the um the dates over and you just think was there the love was there the love given to this that has been given to previous things and it's a shame because I genuinely think if this had been made in nineteen ninety two We'd be talking about it very differently. It would have the, the it would bubbles have a about to burst. Appeal it? If it was made in the eighties or something, we've said this previously about something else. If it was just made earlier, it would have some sort of nostalgic appeal. But this is just at a time in history where it has no style, and it's the same like with the prequels. They were fit, like they were a bit earlier than this, obviously, but they're just filmed in a way where artistic creativity is just doesn't seem as it's... important as just making something look a bit polished. It's really interesting that you say that, Hugh, because when a couple of times when I was watching it, I, I likened it in my head to um, to the Black Cauldron, and and actually, if this had been made in that period of time with that level of animation, it would have been very similar um, thing, and I, and that not, isn't necessarily a good thing or, or a bad thing, you know. I, We've already talked about Black Cauldron. I still quite like it, I think, and I've watched it a number of times since then. I quite, I do quite like that film, but I think the story is massively lacking, just like this. It feels like a very similar sort of beast to me at, at a point in time where, and I don't know what the situation was in, in the studios, obviously not the same as it was back then in, in the Black Cauldron uh, era, where everything was going horribly wrong and Eisner just took over and blah, blah, blah. But it feels like it's the product of something that's just not quite gelled for for mm. whatever reason and it's a it's a you know it's a product of its own failure or whatever it is you say. Mm. It feels like the bubbles bursting, that's what I mean. What they need right now, right now, is a renaissance within two films to to bring them back in again because otherwise uh they're pretty doomed. But we've know we've got a period of time before that happens. Animated cows. <laughs> to really rocket it back <laughs> to the level it was at ten years ago. Okay, should we score the animation then? Yep. Okay. I'm, I want to go first because after everything I've said, I'm, I want to give it its dues for the bare, ver- the, the bare version of Kenai and Kodak for being very watchable and likeable in that sense. And despite me having my criticisms of the landscapes, they are beautiful. So I am going to give it a seven. No, I'm going to give it a six. Go on, Hugh. Uh, it's fine. Seven. I'm gonna. <laughs> I just think that for the uh, with the same level of of ability in terms of CGI and stuff, there was better in the last film. In fact, there was better in the last three or four films. In all honesty, overall, so it, it can't score high for me. Even though it's accomplished and it's fine. Fine is fine. Fine is a five, though, isn't it? Isn't fine a five? All right, yeah. middle of the road. I'm giving it a five. We are going to talk about the music. the songs and score the incidental bits. So music then. Christ Almighty. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Look, you, you've heard what I've said already, and and that that's fine. But basically couple of points. Firstly, you said before about Phil Collins, um, I write songs for myself. That is blatant because none of those songs sound right because he isn't singing them and they yes. are blatantly Phil Collins songs. But, and this this isn't the, this is the worst thing about the, the music. The worst thing about the music is after Coda has uh, has um, given uh, given his story and Kenai has this realisation that he's killed his mother and he builds up the courage to go and talk to him. He goes to talk to him. And what comes next is this horrible, horrible bit where, where they're talking and there's no sound. And Phil Collins is singing a Randy Newman-esque. I'm t- explaining exactly what's going on at the moment. Only Phil Collins is really bad at doing that. It's yeah. cheesy. It's horrible. And it absolutely kills what would have been a really good moment in oh, that I film. I wish Randy Newman would have done it. You do better <laughs> on a rock. One killed the other's mum's. You're telling him about it. <laughs> He's sad now. 
But that's what he's doing. That is exactly what Phil Collins does throughout this whole film is, I'm going to tell you, I'm a bear now. It's obviously double-tracked and vocal and everything. We've spent the last two sections going, why doesn't this work? How could it have been better? Well, I'm I'm going to go right out and say this would have been an excellent Menken musical. It really, really would. Um, And I think that could have fixed everything. Because the emotion he could have given to the character in the opening section, if they'd had an I want song like many of them do, and mm. and the developing things and the, the fun aspect, the humour aspect. Now, I don't believe that for every single um, film. I'm not someone who's like, oh, I'm not interested unless it's a musical, I want a princess song. I'm not like that. But in this instance, I think the subject matter, the vastness of the scenery, um, the, it it would have really, really been a good musical. It was a terrible, terrible vehicle for Phil Collins. It worked in Tarzan because of the drumming aspect mm, and the, the yeah. novelty. But all we're getting here is um, Tarz, you know, Tarzan's weaker little brother, basically. I, I think the songs can... are the same, but not as good. No, the, well, and... that's exactly it. And I think, I think you can do it once. I think, I think Tarzan is very, very different to the other other films of, of that area and era era and the ones that have gone before it as well because it's it's all reflective songs being sung, sung by somebody that isn't a character within the film mm. you do it once and it's quirky and it's interesting and and that's great but to try and do that again it's got to it's got to hit and it just doesn't at all like at any point at all it just does not hit and it's just montage music as well. It's the same as it was in Tarzan, but it was good in Tarzan. Is oh. it's just covering up for montages? Let's go through them. Like we got Great Spirits, Tina Turner. I mean, that's for me. It was just too big, too god awful spirits. And conversely, left me absolutely stone dead cold. It's like it was mm-hmm. desperately trying to be stirring, and so in feeling that that's what they were trying so hard to do, they didn't do it at all. Which, I mean, not. she's got a distinctive voice, whether you know who Tina Turner is or not. You can tell that it's an African-American woman and that she's of the the Seoul Motown background. So what what's she doing in Inuit, Alaska? You know what I mean? You, you can hear these things, whether you know them factually you or know, not. We might have been good. I, I know she's from Iceland, but someone like Björk, who's, oh, yeah. who was at least a bit closer to uh, that neck of the woods. And it would have been so interesting as well. Mm. That's Ooh. the kind of thing. You don't Bjork. just wheel out whatever worked last time. Um, the, the music, when he when he's... Um, what have I got here? The music just after Kenai has killed the bear and all the spirit animals come out, that was mm-hmm. stirring. I did feel some stirring there. Um and then you've got you've got on my way, as I've written down, on my way. It's not on my way. Which on my is, way. As much as I have been slagging off this time, I haven't stopped singing that all afternoon. Well, I get that mixed up with that that Disney parade one. That's like, we're on our way, we're on our way. So I get mixed up with that. Uh, welcome to our. Well, it's because it's called Welcome, but you know the bear one. Mm-hmm. Welcome to our family, mm-hmm. which is called Welcome. I actually, mm-hmm. re- re- there was a bit, it's just, it's such a total filler song, is that? It's like, oh, we've met some ber- some bears now, we have to do like Montage. a funny song. But I actually recorded, because there's a, a, a funny bit in it, and I, and I can't, and I knew I wouldn't be able to remember it, so I thought I'll record it, and then I can do it on the show, but I'm just going to give it a quick listen, it's three seconds. No, hang on, turn my volume up, <laughs> try again. Oh no, that's something, <laughs> that's something I did for the kids section. I've just well, I've spoiled it because they've already heard it. Right, heard it, yeah. let me just let. <clears throat> I recorded it as we were watching it. Telling stories and laughing with friends. Telling stories and laughing with friends. Just like uh, what is that? He's no poet, is he? Oh, and others. Oh, there's a bit in Tarzan where he's he's got a he's got a stonking rhythm going, and then he does a little a little breakdown mid late. He goes, "Take my hands," you know the bit I mean in Tarzan. Yeah. He does exactly the same in this one, yeah. like the same key. On every the song he's ever rhythm. written. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I, can't I wrote. Write. Let's start it. <laughs> I wrote down a lyric first off uh, before we do. Um, in in the in the song that that he's singing when when they're having the conversation the one i mentioned before he sings there's no way out of this dark place that was one of the lyrics and i just thought what it's just it's just too much I don't, mm. 
Two on the nose. I got the giggles. I literally laughed out loud and woke Laura up at that point. <laughs> I do wonder like, what, what, the hell is this? what kind of brief Phil Collins has given there. It's like someone rings him up and goes, we, we need a pensive song for when someone's feeling like they're really in a dark place. Cool, I'll double track you something. Goes, <clears throat> I know how to do that. I'm in a dark place. I'm in a dark place. <laughs> Don't know how to get out of this dark place. <laughs> The, the thing is, right? I, I can't remember that song at all, but that's me doing like what I would imagine it would be. I, I, I don't have, I, I don't wonder what brief he got. I wonder why they cut all of Sting's songs out of The Emperor's New Groove mm. and they didn't cut any of this crap out of this film. I don't Sting get would it. would have been nicer for this. Uh, well, anyone would have been. Do you know what? It's, I think it comes down to musical. Musical. You, you hear Phil Collins is in it and you go, We've done yeah. that. Yeah. Do you know that bit in um, Friends when uh, Joey, uh, where Ross says, the Rassatron, and Joey goes, is that back? Yeah. <laughs> Felt like that. I'm like, no, Phil Collins. I can't sit through an hour and a half of Phil Collins again. <laughs> no. It's okay, though, Hugh. It's okay, because Tina Turner's there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Schwartz has never done a Disney musical, and he should do. That's my feeling. Mm. And also... Uh, like you said, I think Bjork was a fantastic idea. Bjork. Bjork. And anyone sort of northern Alaskan kind of... Who's that? The Seager Ross? Oh, that's Iceland again. But mm. that kind of thing, mm. totally off the wall, would have been a good choice. But Tina... Tina freaking Turner. <laughs> Mrs. Bow likes herself. What's she doing there? Barrow pushing thighs she's got. Like, look, let's go, because <laughs> yeah. I've got a question to ask you before I forget. And I'm getting angry now. Okay, okay. Chris, music. Two. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. I'm sitting on the same horse, Chris. Two. Uh, forgettable. Four. <laughs> Hugh's so generous, isn't he? <laughs> I, think, I think the music was the worst thing about it. I think it's going to score really low, and then I'm going to feel guilty, because I actually... I, I found it all right. I thought it was all right. Have you got the IMDb stuff, Lucy, while he's, had, I while do, he's while up? I looking at that. I, that's what I was looking up earlier. So, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the thing about the Eisner era, okay, is this cost 46 million and it made 250 million worldwide. So, People why do any better? That's the thing. At this point, Disney's just a money-making machine. Where's my motivation? That's it. The parks are making money. He's got films coming out left, right and centre. He's got all things going. Why do better than this? It made £250 million. So it five times its budget. Fine. Eisner's mm. happy. Shareholders are happy. Right. IMDB, not so happy. 6.8. Which we always joke... 7.2 is average, so that is Still low. fairly high, that. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, though. Well, I'll tell you the audience first. 65%. Some people must have watched it in the youth and felt, it's nice, it's nice, it's about bad, it's nice. <laughs> Critics, 37%. 37 Disney Street. Ouch. Those are some Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And what did 37 Disney Street think? 49 Ooh, that's higher than I thought. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I, do you know, out of 100, I can't, I can't crit- go what, against that. What's really? our lowest scoring one? Oliver and Co, 37. 37, yeah. Yeah, so it's way, it's just way above that, at least. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that's right. Chris. Yes. Here's a question for you. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't asked us it. Oh. Where's Welker? <gasps> I didn't know he was in it. Now, I looked and I couldn't find him. That's interesting. Well, is this another one of your Google things? Yes, I'm afraid it is. So I'm not sure how accurate this is. Um, Bob Bergen seems to have replaced it. Do you know what? Uh, Bob Bergen's in uh, the Trolls film and we wondered if that's why they're called the Bergens. Oh, interesting. He's, 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 in, he's in there. Um, but Bob Bergen and Welker, Frank Welker, Frank Welker, yeah. Yeah. Um, are both on the Google search Google? first page oh. as additional animals. Interesting. It might be stock, uh, I want to say footage, what's it called when it's sound? Stock sound. Archive audio or something. It might be archive audio, yeah, if it's Welker and his additional animals. He might have just a a moose at some point in his life. I'll be honest with you, I've stopped, I I, I did have a quick look, but unless it like jumps out at me, I I don't go further than IMDB. So if Mm. you found him on Google, I'm not going to say you're wrong because you might be right. 
I might be. I sometimes mm. am. Uh, Interesting. What else we got then? <laughs> what else we got to do? Well, has what, anyone favorite replied bits? to our t- favorite bits? Our favorite bits. Yeah, I mean that my quote from the start. It we genuinely chuckled at it. The um, I lost my husband, whatever he's called, and then it, stop telling people I'm dead. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> and there's oh, there's lots of little uh, jokes around that. Like I said, the geese threatening to turn the formation around, and it's a funny film. At times, I didn't mm. find the moose funny. No, the moose weren't funny. No, no, they weren't. That was sledgehammer comedy, right, right there. Any favourite bits, Chris? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I quite, wow. I quite like the gold eye dent at the start. There you go. Right, so we're at the end of our brother bear journey. Cry Is factor. There a... Cry factor. Yeah. Cool. Stop trying to move us on, Lucy. Flipping heck. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hugh's cry factor. Well, the, for, for me, there was one. Well, it was a bit of a stirring, like I said, with that music. But uh, the bit when um, he finds out that, well, the, when he's telling Coda that his mum isn't, well, he says your mum isn't coming. That was heavy mm. stuff. That's a four. And his reply was, I don't like this story. And I uh, just, that no, broke my heart. Yes, oh yeah, I, I thought you were going to say that wasn't good enough. But yeah, that's the kind of thing Bonnie says. She's like, I don't I don't like this. Yeah. Don't like and it's this. a very childlike thing to say. That was quite accurately done. Mm. And, and then moments later, Phil Collins kills the mood. Absolutely uh, kills it. It's not Phil Collins' fault. It's Two whoever, bears, one murderer. See whoever wrote the check. <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, I know you want to move on to something else, Lucy, but just just while you're singing Phil Collins, Hugh, um, we, we have a new we have a new patron, John Salmon, which is kind of apt because of Brother Bear and the Salmon Run. But also, he's asked if you could sing any Phil Collins song from Tarzan or Brother Bear in the voice of Captain Hook. Oh, now <laughs> I don't know what Captain Hook. We have discussed this. I'll I'll, I'll be honest, and mm. and. Uh, I looked him up in preparation, and he doesn't really... His, his voice isn't distinctive. Well, he gave other options. I need the other options. <laughs> uh, Prince John from Robin Hood, I guess. <laughs> I won't have a chance. Or Crush. Crush is easy. Yeah, do Crush. But now the, sec- the, sec- the second challenge Cop is... Cop out, do the easy one. Yeah, go is on. Is a, uh, a Phil Collins number. What's um, that? Just stop my crying, it'll be alright. Do that one. What's what? What's the t- Two Hearts one? Is it called Two Hearts? You'll be in my heart. Oh, no. oh yeah, you'll be in my heart. You'll be <laughs> in my heart. Just looking for the uh, for the lyrics, John. Give him a moment. Did, He'll did, be... Uh, I, I feel like Bonnie sung this song and it melted me. In, in the voice of Crush? <laughs> yeah, right. You'll be my heart lyrics. She did just while Hugh's finding that when we watched Tarzan, Bonnie crawled up to me and wanted to do the hand to hand thing, and that, oh. sent, that sent me off. Oh, that's oh, cute. Did it ever? This film put, tugged on my heartstrings. I have to say, there was a couple of moments it definitely definitely got me. Mm. But uh, Phil killed I'm it. I'm not that familiar with this song, so I can't do it all. But I'll I'll give it a go. And I'm mixing it up with the other one because I feel like it should go. Come stop your crying, it will be all right. Or is that the other one? That's the other one. Mm. So how's this one go? I don't, I don't know how any of them go. <laughs> you put that it's Phil there. Collins. It's it's stop immediately crying, forgettable here. Yeah. Right, so it's like right. okay. So in Tale of Crush. <clears throat> oh God. <laughs> um, you only need, need like a phrase to get you into it, don't you? Like totally, totally. Is that it? Come stop your crying. It'll be all right. Just take my hand. Hold it tight. I will protect you from all around you. I'm not even singing it. I will be here, don't you cry. Now, here's the, uh, the chorus. Because you'll be in my heart Yes, you'll be in my heart. I'm losing it. That's that, that's all I've got. Oh, that's one of my favourite things you've ever done. <laughs> oh wow, um, I like you, Morgan Freeman, better. Um, <laughs> if, if you would like to become, uh, if you would like to get Hugh to do something ridiculous like that, then become a Patreon uh, 
um, member and uh, and you'll get the option to do it just it's, like John has. <laughs> it's a little something to help support the channel because we, we do have a few small overheads. It's just yeah. £3 a month. We, we give you a little bit of exclusive. Um, you get to join in with the shows and uh, get questions and things and you get to get Hugh to be silly. <laughs> totally. Fantastic. Um, is there any more housekeeping, Chris? Uh... You've had put a couple of book reviews up on YouTube, haven't you? Yeah, oh, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so I started doing some book reviews up on our YouTube channel. Um, and we've done two now. We've got another one coming this week. Um, I seem to be quite productive at the moment, so I've had time to do one a week for the last three weeks. Oh. May or may not continue. Lucy's been doing DVC stuff on there as well. We've got loads of things on there on the old yeah, YouTube now, haven't we? Yeah, a explaining videos about DVC, and I, I plan to do more. Now I'm getting into the swing of it. Now I've taught myself how to do video editing. Things will get mm. a bit quicker. Um, so if you enjoy Ooh. us at all, you can... Uh, like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can follow us on iTunes. Make sure you click to download there. You can leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We're getting a bit more prolific on Instagram as well, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, we're getting good at that. Um, actually, there's something to talk about. Uh, going back to YouTube again, last week we launched our new Quizney, 37th Quizney Street quiz on the YouTube channel. Um and uh, it's if, if you listen to any of the free Patreon pub quiz episodes that we put up um, last year, back in the last year, uh, it, it's a very, very similar format, but it's all uh, looking at us on YouTube instead of listening to us on a podcast. And there's going to be 10 episodes. Um, and the next one, I guess, will be next week, won't it? We're basically going to alternate this show and that show over the next, over the coming weeks until we've done a, a full set of them. Um but yeah, something to go and look at and listen to and subscribe to. And uh, you can let us know what your scores are as well. That'd be interesting. Um, see if you're better than me and you, which you probably will be. Well, yep, so far they all are. Yep, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, you can't win them all, are you? No. <laughs> Anything else are we doing? Yeah, I think we are, aren't we? Cool. Well, next time we're going to horrible... Well, no, it might be good. Strange Territory... Uh, with is it homeward? Uh, oh, wasn't it? not homeward? Home What's it called? Home on the range. When's that CG one that's with the animals? That'll be after wild. Oh, the wild. After that's it's yeah. the one after. Oof. I'm looking forward yeah. to home on the range. Yes. No. Maybe. Oh, Chicken Little's coming soon as well, isn't it? I've seen. I actively dislike Chicken. Spoiler alert! I actively dislike Chicken Little. It's going to be interesting. These next three films, we get to find out if we can get anything to score lower than Oliver and Company. <laughs> I don't think so. What a low bar. Mm. I like it when we don't like things, though. I think it makes for more energetic podcasts. I feel like this Brother Bear, though, was the final ones of like the real, like. Slog it through. Sla- just like, you're like, oh, that. Whereas the other yeah. ones, they, like, they look so weird that at least there'll be, there'll be something interesting. It's to interesting, talk about. yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's the first, um, first stride into proper 3D. Yeah. type animation as well so it's we, we know it's going to be clunky but we also know that at the end of, of this next run of films we're going to be into like what tangled that way and, and mm. things so it's going to be quite it's quite an interesting run we've got now I think so yeah anyway that, that'll do we're done so uh, we'll speak to you again in a couple of weeks time see you later bye good night children <laughs>